Welcome to Cast of Creators. We're your hosts. I'm Nelson Thal. And I'm Casey Stewart. We spent our careers in media and publishing, and now we're setting the stage for creative people who inspire us to share their stories. Cast of Creators is presented by our new social browser called Hover. Hover makes browsing fun. You can follow people and your favorite sites to discover and discuss the web all in one place. Download Hover, that's HBR, in the App Store or the Play Store. Today's guest is Daniel Carmen from Over the Rainbow Jeans, a business his father founded in 1975 and Toronto's destination for denim in the heart of Yorkville. We got the backstory on why Over the Rainbow was founded, how the neighborhood and fashion have changed, and learned about their new 6,500-square-foot store. Here we go. Daniel, welcome to Cash of Creators. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome to Good have to you see here. Ya. Yeah. Again. It's nice to be in your brand new, stu- well, not brand new, but uh, this wonderful studio that you guys set up Thank right you. around the corner from me. We're neighbors. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> Thank it. you. Well, Over the Rainbow is a Yorkville staple since when? 1975. Way older than me. Yeah. That's... And yeah, your dad's the founder? Joel. Yeah. Well, my actually, both my parents are the founder, but... Joel, my father, is the is the you know figurehead of the company. But yeah, nineteen seventy five, forty seven years old. Wow. wow. So in, in nineteen seventy five, Yorkville is a lot different place. Yes. What's yeah. it like? I mean, I wasn't born then. Well, no, tell us about like, the start. In in, in in what I've heard, uh, yeah, I mean, they're much less, much more indie and alternative and artsy, kind of yeah. like you know what Queen Street. Whatever like art area there is in like Toronto what, yeah, today, West that's what to Yorkville was. And Over the Rainbow as like a store was also kind of on the alternate side of fashion, right? Because in the 70s, the mid 70s, you couldn't wear jeans everywhere, right? Like it was a, it was a pure, it was what artists and musicians and anybody that didn't have a regular nine to five blue or white collar job, that's what they wore. And back then, there was barely any places that sold it. So that's how yeah. it's a bigger story than that. But how how we how we were founded was out of a need, right? All these artists and musicians and creators needed a place to go buy jeans and department store. Like whoever was selling clothes at, at that time, they weren't selling that. Wow. So we kind of took something that the arts community needed in the 70s. And then it just kind of evolved from there as denim and how people wore jeans evolved with time, right? Which obviously it's now it's not alternative. It's completely mainstream, yeah. right? But yeah, now it's dressing up. It, it is went from, yeah. it went from dressing down in the seventies. Yeah. I feel to like now dressing up. Yeah. I feel like the older we get, the more relevant jeans are becoming like mm-hmm. more and more people are wearing them in more and more places. Right. It's, it's staggering. It's, a, it, it's great to be on the receiving end of that. Cause when you started it, and you're the, you know, I don't want to say pioneer because that's kind of like a, you know, uh, I don't, yeah. a braggadocious term, but that's, <laughs> it's, but it's true, right? Like we were around in the very beginning of when people started to buy and wear and sell denim. Wow. Yeah. It'd be cool to see a graph of your rents since uh, <laughs> 75. Yeah. You probably wouldn't want to see it. He doesn't but, want to uh, see that, no, okay? No, no, no. But, no. Um, I'm assuming, I mean, safe assumption that they're, uh, they're going up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Seventies. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we just we just moved into a new store three years ago, so we we had to go through that exercise of finding a an affordable place to move in this area, which was not easy. 
Was it convenient that the move was then during COVID or just before COVID? Or was that like a perfect storm in the worst uh, way? It was actually 10 months. We opened 10 months before COVID. Oh, okay. Right. So we hadn't even made it to a year when the pandemic happened and just shut all retail down, which was obviously a big bummer. But yeah, uh, yeah it was just everyone. it was just before that. And then two years prior to that, building the store. So yeah, it was pre-COVID. So you had been, the prior location was your original location, was it? It was, it, it is, yeah, but we were actually in two locations in the area prior to that. Not for oh, very long. Wow. Okay. That, that's like the known original. Yeah. Like when you say original, that's, we were in that space for 38 years. Okay, so, okay. That, so most of the time. Most people that are yeah, alive today, unless you're like, you know, a much older gentleman or young lady, like you are. You're talking about the 101 Yorkville space, but we yeah. were actually, so we were on Bloor Street first and then we were on Cumberland for four or five years. We moved in 82, so 75 to 82. We were in two smaller locations in uh, Yorkville. Cool. I remember like when I first moved to Toronto in 2005, around when I started my blog and, you know, um, going to Yorkville was like so cool and I knew the store was there and, yeah. you know, and it was like, I don't, I, at that point, wasn't, I didn't, I was quite poor and I wasn't buying anything, but going in and looking at stuff and it just, you know, it's like always something I would go and go and do. Lust after. Just and I, yeah, and I feel after. like, um, I feel like a lot of people have memories of the store because, you know, if you've come to this area, like every, everyone knows of it. Yeah. I mean, we get that, we get stories all the time. Like, yeah, and, and I never get, it never gets tiring hearing those stories because it's like, kind of reminds you of the history that the store I think I think one of your guests called it a legacy brand. I mm -hmm. like that term, by yes, the way. Shout that was out George to, Sully. That was George Sully. Great guy, by the way. Uh <laughs> not just for that interview, but I've I've had the chance to talk to George about a lot of things. And he's yeah. a he's a good guy. I, yeah. I I like what he's doing. But legacy brand is is kind of a great term to describe what over the rainbow is and has been for a lot of people. But yes. lots of memories. Yeah. What definitely. was it like growing up in the business? Were you at the store a lot? Was Yeah, I mean, I I did like all the odd jobs that you could do around a store without no experience whatsoever. But yeah, I mean, I did all the all the things that my staff do now. I was doing myself at a young age. And it was just to help out. It wasn't yeah. for wasn't for money or or even aspiration of joining the bill because like, i didn't know I, as a kid i didn't know this wasn't like ordained to me that i was going to do this but yeah like you're taking over the store but i i wanted to help out right because you know it was a it's a hard-working family it's a family business like yeah. you know it started from the same humble beginnings as most stores today that are small like that's why i love small business right because that we came from that like yeah. rainbow Many decades ago, we were one of those stores right now. So you, you just go to appreciate that, that type of history yeah. and, and uh, be also be very proud of like where you've where we've come. Yeah. Obviously, and that you're still there and thriving. We're still there and we're bigger and better than ever. My wife, Talia, she both know, but just yeah. for context. Um, Love tell. Love raves tell, yeah. about you being so knowledgeable and so helpful. It, when she, whenever she goes to the store. By the way, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but shout out to Tal. She's the one that made this happen. And I, I, she has been a big supporter of my, so th thank place. you, Tal, for that, for that compliment. <laughs> and uh, I just want to say how uh, amazing it's been to know Tal and how, how well and 
she's just been a big supporter of the store. She's brought lots of Very clients kind. through. Thank you. Anything she's ever done, she's really included my store along the way. So big thank you to you. And uh, yeah. <laughs> That's very that. kind of you to She's say thank you so too. much. For sure. Um, she uh, loves denim. She wears a lot of denim, specifically denim onesies. She loves a good denim onesie. Okay. So if you've got any denim onesies around, I'll have to. That's uh, an interesting request, Tal. But yeah. uh, not 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 a ton, actually. Uh, jump, Yeah, ma- like maybe a, a few. I also, I'm a jumpsuit lover too. Yeah, right. you're I a mean, denim. You'll yes, wear the I love jumpsuit. And I have suit. a jumpsuit. A lot of mine are from Zara Kids because I'm real short. <laughs> so. We get more requests for overalls rather yes, than jumpsuits. Yes, that's so hot yeah. right now. It's a little more, it's a little more, like it's it's actually hard to, first of all, it's hard to design jeans and, and fit for jeans, but an entire jean outfit, like yeah. just the way it would fall on you, it's very hard to design something like that. Yeah. For the top and for the bottom that's connected. It's like, yeah. it's tough. I have, oh, um. You want to go? Yeah. Well, at <laughs> what point? So you're working in the store. You know your family's in this business. Right. And you get into your teens. Yep. And you start to sort of understand, I could carve out a role here. I could focus on this. Right. I, and what is that like? I mean, how many siblings do you have? I have a, I have a younger sister. It's just me and my sister. And we work together. Okay. And she's And she's great. Shout out to Amy. <laughs> Amy's my sister. So we work together. Um, how was it in my teens? Yeah. Like at what point do you really make the commitment and realize, okay, I want to focus on this business? Well, it wasn't, it would definitely, it wasn't in my teens. Um, but it was after I graduated university, uh, I said, Where'd okay, you go? uh, it was called the university of Western Ontario back then, uh-huh. UWO now, now known as Western university. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great institution. Taught That's me where a lot Italia of stuff. Went. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I went there for I went there for history and journalism, which is I, you know, kind of ironic because it's like those are not really two fields that you apply to business, but those two, those two majors actually helped kind of shape the business person that I was today. So especially journalism, like that's to be able to play with where I mean, what you guys do essentially. Yeah. Like I got to under, I got to go to school and educate myself and how you guys actually like write and produce and all that stuff. So it's helped me out a lot in my career, but um. Yeah, it was kind of just, for me, it was kind of, I was either going to go the professor or journalist route mm-hmm. or try a hand in, in, in business. And, and really, it wasn't even about the store specifically, but it was the, the desire to be like an entrepreneur or work for yourself. That, that was kind of something that I, I as, even as a teen, it was kind of important to me because I had seen somebody do it before me and succeed at it. And it's like, I would love to do that. I'm just too young and inexperienced to know how to do that. Right. Right. So I, I had to go through, I had to work at a lot of places and do a lot of things and jobs to get where I am today. It wasn't just, they didn't throw. Yeah. They didn't just say, here's the key. Yeah. Well, exactly. I like to use the analogy of a car, right? So, you know, everyone just assumes when you're in a family business that, you know, you're just throwing the keys because it's a great car. It's this opportunity and you're just going to go right into the driver's seat. And drive the car, right? Yeah. That's 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 the assumption of any person in a family business, right? But the reality of my story is like I I wasn't given the keys. I wasn't in the passenger seat. I wasn't even in the back seat. I was walking <laughs> behind the car, slowly trying to catch up to it. You know what I mean? So, but it it it's helped me a lot in because you know the fashion industry is an interesting place with lots of interesting people on different levels, and you got to learn how to deal with everybody from 
the most rigid sort of numbers guys to the most creatives of creative designers. And yeah. the way they all think is very, very different. And me as a, I'm a retailer, so I have relationships with people that design great products. I have to know how to talk to everybody along yeah, the way. Absolutely. Yeah. And how many different brands do you carry? I, th- I mean, probably over 60 brands, I'd say, maybe 70. It, it, it's a lot. Uh-huh. We, uh, again, we used to only be a denim store back in the 70s days, but we've really evolved into selling anything. First of all, anything that could be worn with jeans, for sure. But, you know, lifestyle, self-care, wellness products, like all sorts of stuff. Things that you would expect to see in a retail environment now, we've expanded into those, into those different areas. Yeah, and your new store is beautiful. Yeah, Thank it's you. stunning. Yeah, it's Thank beautiful. You. Yeah. Um, so along the lines from the 70s to today, we watch jeans become a fashion sort of staple. Yep. And they're perceived sort of dressy. The level of dress went from dressing down to tiptoeing towards high fashion and dressing up. And now, you know, you can buy a very expensive pair of jeans. Right. You can. Do you remember that as it occurred? And was it something that was on your radar and you guys were excited about this happening? And like, is that something that you watched and you were waiting for and anticipating or? Um, no. Well, I don't, I think, were we anticipating how big it would be? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not why the store was 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 created, but it was certainly great that it did because if people weren't wearing jeans as much, we'd be a much smaller, much more niche mm-hmm. type of store than what we are now, which is servicing a lot more people who want to wear jeans to a lot more places. So we weren't anticipating it, but we're happy it 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 happened because it created a lot of yeah. good things out of it, right? The the new store that you just mentioned, we wouldn't have needed a store of that size and beauty if people weren't wearing jeans as often as they are and yeah. dressing it up, as you mentioned, right? I mean, is anyone wearing a suit here? No, like no. we're sitting in a studio, all of us are wearing jeans and casual clothing and that's perfectly, it's perfectly acceptable and it looks, I, I hope looks it looks nice. good to the audience that's, yeah. that's, uh, that's looking at us right now, but like, yeah. yeah, like it's an acceptable, I don't need to be wearing not that there's anything wrong with wearing a blazer or a mm. suit. Like that's that's beauty in its own way. But I don't know. There's just something about I've always grown up in a casual environment. Yeah, love that. Like I don't I personally don't own a lot of suits like I, I can appreciate a good suit and whoever sells it. And I have lots of friends in the industry that sell suits, but I'm a denim guy. I yeah. just wear denim. I try to wear denim like some people all the time to as many occasions as I possibly What's uh, your favorite denim brands? Do you have any? Uh, you know, that wouldn't be oh, fair okay, for me okay. to single one out. <laughs> okay, Let's just say not. my, my, my favorite brands are store. all the brands, anything that's carried at the store yeah, are brands sure. and products that I personally yeah. stand behind yeah, and I think great. are great. And so if you trust my, me and the team of people that help me source and, and, and display and buy clothing for the store, we stand behind all of those brands. Mm-hmm. Those to me are the best in class brands for what people want from denim and it's all sustainable. It all fits well. Yeah. We've, we've tested it all out. I need to and, come in and get some new denim. Well, it's, it's <laughs> very, uh, people like, you know, people's body style, it's shapes are obviously different, but people like 
different feeling jeans too. Like right. I know for me, if I put on a pair of jeans and they feel too much like leggings, you don't want uh, that's not my pair of jeans. Right. Okay. Like if it if I bend my knee and it's like I feel like it's a it's a, it's a legging. <laughs> that's not for you. Uh, it's You're not in the me. same category as me, Nelson. That's yeah. exactly what I I mean. Well, first of all, the 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 trend, or not even the trend, but like what most guys want is the opposite of what you and me enjoy right. about about uh, jeans. Right. They actually do comfort in anything, not even just jeans, but especially in jeans has become very important to jean wearers, especially men. Men actually appreciate stretch more now than women do, right? Wow. Because I've women that yeah. trying on stuff. Sorry, right. continue. Sorry. No, 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 but I'm saying that like men are still obsessed with stretch comfortable. Some men, not yeah. not you and I or like uh, like no. there's always people that like Fake different men. things. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but uh, women have actually Real like men. embraced more of that sort of wide leg, yes, non-stretch, like comfort, super comfort denim, right? Where men haven't really in high fashion. Men have like the high fashion men wear yeah, loose, hundred percent caught, like really loose. I'm talking much looser than you and yes. I wear wear jeans, but like, but that hasn't. High fashion doesn't necessarily infiltrate mainstream fashion, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, women are a little more daring and will kind of have switched the mold much more than men do. But uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of jeans are made out of those materials because comfort is very very important to men. We sell a lot more comfort denim to men, less to women, way less to. I mean, some women, depending, like if obviously if you're still wearing skinny jeans having stretch in them is is really important yes right i don't think you would wear a non-stretch like imagine it's on your i don't i don't really even do skinny jeans anymore right i'm over it they're in the past for me it's a lot of women i got a lot of a lot of high-waisted wide leg type of and you probably feel a lot more comfortable or the mom kind of jeans yeah yeah i'm actually fairly i mean i have had denim over the years and from the store but I, I stopped wearing jeans for a long time and I kind of got a bit fitter. And I, cause I was like, I'm not, I'm not wearing jeans anymore because I just couldn't find any that fit and I was like heavier. But I've like, you know, in the last two years, been working out a lot. Right. I really like wearing jeans now. And I'm like, I feel like sometimes it can be hard to find a, the right pair. And I do a lot of online shopping um, where often I end up sending things back. So I think, you know, could you, like if someone comes into the store, you guys really help someone find the perfect fit. Yeah. That's what I need. Well, we oh, can do. Oh, yeah. He, he's got a, s- a slew of 70 yeah. plus brands that's, to that's get what we're built right for. Yeah. That's what he's we're, built for. Yeah. We're built for these scenarios of, of men and women and anybody to come in and uh, we'll help you out and we'll give you like whatever you need. We know we, we have this. When you've do when you've done something so well for forty seven years, you know what you're doing. You know yeah. what questions to ask, and hopefully we have the. I'm pretty confident that we'll have the products that people are looking for. That's why there's so I much denim in, in the store, right? It's to try to fit as many body types as possible. Right. We're not all built the same. No. Right. I I, I tell people that like people's bodies are almost like snowflakes. Like you can try to have yeah. fits that you know fit the mold but that's not really how it is yeah, right no. they're all different and unique yeah and you know that just by trying on a variety of jeans I, yeah. if i if i deviate and try on something that you know obviously isn't my cut i i 
put my leg in. And I'm like, who the hell You're like, fits in this thing? Like, it, it just doesn't make sense for my, it doesn't work. Right. But um, I, I have a go-to, you know, uh, go-to set of jeans or go-to style of jeans. Mm-hmm. That I, I've been consistent for some time in, but I would deviate. But it would, yeah. you know. But okay. I also wear pretty well, this is denim too. That is right. Yeah. So my, this is my go-to uniform. Okay. I basically, denim on denim. I, yeah. I basically, yeah, my go-to uniform Nelson, is denim like on denim. Like Steve Jobs or Zuckerberg, same type of outfit. Okay. You know? Yeah, it keeps things pretty easy. Well, denim, I'm the opposite. You know, <laughs> I, I, like, I like denim on denim too. I'm not wearing denim on denim today, but uh, as long as it's a different color, I find it's a good... Uh, it's 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 a good combo mix. Of, I like the same as in like full Canadian tuxedo, but I mean I'm like more adventurous. Has to be a really cool color for that to to pull that off, right? Like it, that can work if yeah. it's the right like shade of denim, which mm-hmm. is another great thing about jeans is like you know just the the, the way that jeans are finished and even the, yes. the the colors of them. That's really what makes it so attractive too. Like I really like I enjoy. I kind of deviate like I I'll, I'll like clean raw jeans just for like the canvas of it. But then mm-hmm. like they're not nothing beats a pair like nothing beats a good pair of just like washed in like lots of like detailing. Like it's just it's hard for me because I know so much about denim. I've been sourcing it for so many years. When I see something that's been like hand done on on a jean or a detail, it, it's really, really interesting to me. I, 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 I really get into that mm-hmm. because it's really like a unique pair. Absolutely. Yeah. So if like if you take a brand like Levi's, okay? Yeah. Are they creating that denim from scratch? Like are they making their own denim? Or are, are they you going asking how like denim is made or is Yeah, it... like is Levi's making their denim or are they going and sourcing and buying that denim? Uh Levi's specifics probably sourcing it. You can there are some like niche brands out there that also like weave their own cotton but most of them source it from other places like i'd say 95 percent of the people do it's just basically rolls and rolls of yeah no they they to answer your question i I don't think levi's is they probably could they're big enough to do that but no like the way denim everyone kind of like they source the the fabrics from other people and then they go and they make it into whatever they want it to be wash jeans raw denim whatever they want to do right so most of the brands are taking denim that they buy and then determining the cut that they want to do and then determining what finish. But is it coming to them blue? What's it what's what's its natural color? Are you talking about like a like like a, like is Levi's getting like is that denim the cotton comes to them yeah. and it's is it blue? Is uh, it it's black? probably dark is blue. It, it a lot of it what's is its dark natural blue. color. <laughs> well, I mean, indigo. So, like, denim is from indigo, right? So, the, so think of the color indigo, like okay. the really, really dark blue. That's what every jean starts off as, for the most part, okay. right? Like, it starts from that, and no matter how light or dark it gets, it depends on how you wash the fabric down, right? So, it starts really, really dark. You want a really, really light pair of jeans. You got to wash it a lot of times with like a much stronger bleach formula or something like that. What indigo. makes denim denim? Like the fabric denim, what does it take? Like if I make <laughs> a, I'm I'm a, go with a hard question. Yeah, like he really what, wants. What yeah. when does something tiptoe from like a just a normal fabric you can make a suit pant out of into denim? What the heck is it? That would that would take a much longer podcast to explain the science of <laughs> I'm it. To it out. There's lots of ways that denim can be woven to make it denim. You know, there's yeah. there's left hand twill, right hand twill, warp and what. 
There's there 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 there's actually lots of that stuff. Um, I would, as a segue, I know this is about over the rainbow and you're interviewing me, but uh, you should uh, if he ever comes to town, you want to ask somebody that question. You should ask a gentleman named Brandon Spark. He owns a company called Naked and Famous Denim. Okay, that's the guy to talk to because he makes denim and he can give you the whole like. You, you want to be a fabric nerd about it? Like you can talk to him about it because cool. he, that, that, that's the world he lives in. But when I, to answer your question, like on the retail side, um, you know, fabric is, is much appreciated on our, like I go and I try to find the best feeling, best looking and best fitting fabrics that I possibly can. Like it's an endless, endless search mm-hmm. for that. The best quality, the one that's that'll, last you a long time they won't rip in the places that they rip like it's it's quality it's sustainable it's made well so some of your relationships with these brands spend decades yeah we're very lucky wow yeah lots of decade-long partners yeah yeah that's we actually try when we when we source brands because a lot there's different ways that retailers can source brands sometimes it's very it's very trend-based which is like high and low. So brands that fit that trend, they'll buy those brands for that moment. And then when the moment's done, there's nothing for that brand to give them anymore. So those type of stores will kind of turn over brands much faster. But we we like to look for long-term partnerships and try to buy products that we know aren't necessarily like of the moment all the time. They're staples, they're essentials, they're, they're things that you can wear for a long period yeah, of time. Yeah, that's something that's more timeless, less less trendy. Yeah. This is kind of coming up. The more we talk with different types of creators and things, the a long-term relationship with brands is something that keeps weaving into different episodes. So, you know, we... Of course. That, um, you know, that building relationships is really so important. Well, I think the greatest lesson I learned from my father, Joel, who, you know, he's a well loved man in this industry and in this world like a lot of people like my father he's just a his personality is just is is very lovable um and he taught me that relationships are everything Mm -hmm. i really take that to heart like anytime i'm working with somebody or working with a company i like to get to know them i like to get to know the people that are working with them so i can build relationships with not just the the CEO or the president or the head designer, like with everybody, everybody that works in that business, because everyone's kind of, everyone's job or role is important in a company, right? Yeah, and I need to know, even if, let's say I'm working with a company and things are going great or things are not going great, I need to know the people that I need to talk to, to make that as seamless or as great as I possibly can. And and that's not always the guy or girl or anybody that's at the top. It's yeah. everybody else below that. So yeah, we've, I think Over the Rainbow has a great reputation of working with brands and sourcing brands and keeping them going in business in, on a retail platform for many, many years and decades. Yeah, it yes, sure does. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Um, buying jeans online. Mm, yeah. Tough thing to buy online. Yes. It's usually for me, I'm like, you know, often I'll see, um, I am easily influenced by people that I follow on the internet. Um, and Big surprise there. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so if I see someone that um, is wearing a great pair of jeans, um, denim, 
I will often follow the link or go to the website where, you know, the brand that they've tagged and try and find them. But I find, you know, I'm 5'2", and a lot of jeans are made for taller people. Um, You know, just kind of, I often, I can't tell you how many times I put something in my cart and I'm about to make a big purchase and I go, I'm not doing it. You know, because I I feel like maybe it's just not going to fit properly, you know? Yeah, and that's um, such a unique niche because there's other clothes that you can more easily buy online. Oh, yeah, like a sweater or a dress or something. 100%. You know, shoes, I can eat, I can don't let me near a shoe website, you know? Right. It's easy because I know that I usually have the smallest women's size that you can get. Okay. I have small feet, so I know that's it. And I can always put an insole in it if the size six is a little bit too big and I don't have five and a half. But when it comes to denim, it's like it has to fit your waist or when you sit down, you don't want it to gape at the back and then the, the inseam and then is it too long? Do you have to get them hemmed or the hips, the legs? It's a whole thing. What, what Casey's describing right now is the typical like scenario we find when not just shopping for denim online but just shopping for jeans in general Mm -hmm. that's that's the that's the situation i'm faced with every time someone comes into my store and i have to help them find jeans it's based out of a frustrating experience (laughs) prior to that so yeah you know, admittedly, buying online, I mean, we had to figure it out during the pandemic, right? Because yeah, we you were guys weren't online. Were yeah, you? yeah. We, oh, we, you were. Absolutely. We have an online store as well. It's not as old as the store, but yeah. um, we had to figure that out well, there too. There wasn't internet. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we had to figure that out too. How are people going to do it? So, you know, if you go to rainbowjeans.com, plug, um, <laughs> you will find we've tried to organize it for people so yeah. that like if you like a certain fit of jeans, like you were mentioning before, you, uh, I don't know if it was, taped or not yeah. or, or if we caught that but you were telling me that like you in, you know you don't wear skinny jeans anymore yeah. you're all about wide legs and all that stuff so there's a section on our website where you can okay. look at all the wide leg jeans all the high rise jeans so yeah, we tried to like rise. we tried to make it as easy as possible yeah. but i mean i would say I mean, we do sell a lot of jeans online and anybody who buys jeans online they can always call us and ask us questions okay like if you were time. buying something online we all like six days a week. We have somebody that just handles like online fit questions and okay, all that stuff. Like, you can call it. So we've encouraged people to do that, and that's what people were doing during during the pandemic. That also right? leans into the relationship building because if I'm, you know, if I'm buying something jeans from, you know, uh, maybe a really big brand that directly from the brand, yeah. I'm not going to get the same customer experience as I would as like calling the store and saying. Hey, it's Casey again. I need a new pair of jeans. Um, right. This is what I'm looking for. And I imagine that you guys over the years have a lot of, you know, re- repeat customers that you've built relationships with it because that would be yeah. their go-to shop. We we call it multi-generational, but it, it it really is. I think it's about three or four generations now of people that have been shopping in the store. And that's what goes back to all the memories, you know, the 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 stories and the memories we get when you're talking about such a long period of time, there's so many different versions of that because of you know how if you were shopping with Rainbow at the se- in the seventies or eighties or nineties, you have a much different story than you know if you came in in the two thousands or two thousand tens or or even recently. This is your first time coming into the store. They're very different stories, but it's kind of all rooted in the same place, right? Like we're coming to your store. We've had a previously horrible experience shopping with jeans. We want you to make it better, and yeah. that's what we do, right? We transform the way that people perceive about shopping for jeans by just trying to make it as easy as we possibly can. 
and having someone to help you, which makes it as (laughs) easy as as you possibly can. Like we, we try to have, we strive to have anybody that walks into the store, we try our best to give them one-on-one service. There's nobody else in your ear. We're here for you to fit you with whatever you need, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That's that's why we're that's why we exist. Yeah. <laughs> You've also done a couple collaborations with different brands, have you? It's over we the have. Yes, we have. Th- th- those are the fun. Yeah. I mean, those are the fun stories. But yeah, we have. We're not like we don't do a lot of them. And we admittedly, when we built the store, we kind of had to slow down on like producing collaborations because we wanted to kind of concentrate on building the retail space. But yeah, we, we do do that. We did a big uh, the biggest one actually. Probably when Casey was uh, was uh, fidelity. Oh, I mean, no, that was a different one. No, 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 no. She's she's her her memory is correct. It was from fidelity. No, what what I was alluding to was uh, our fortieth anniversary. We did like probably twelve or fifteen collaborations. Oh, okay, it was right. Two thousand and fourteen. Wow. The first yes. one being fidelity. Uh, fidelity. I found Denim. that blog post yeah. today. Yeah, okay. um, <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, this was such a fun time. Yeah. It's documented. So just, 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 I mean, I know your audience knows like Casey's background, but Casey, um, when we, in, in, in those days, in sort of the mid 2000s, we worked with a company called Fallhaber Communications. Yes. They're still around Love today. Shout I've out got to a Christine call with them later today. <laughs> and to Lexi, we're still friends today. They're, they're, they're more like family to us. Like, but I mean, we're still family. But, you know, back in those days, if you wanted, this was pre social media and pre, pre, um, and like Pre- the internet was kind of like in its not a, not in its infant stages, but there was but no was Instagram in te- yet. No, there was no Instagram. There, there there was no social media, no Twitter, no nothing. Right? It was all kind of teenage years of of the internet. And if you wanted people to talk about your brand or what was going on, there was no stories. There was no live whatever. If you wanted people to talk about that, you had to go to people called bloggers, which. You know, I mean, bloggers was the industry term. Yeah. I like to call them street reporters because, like, to me, you know, before print would get a hold of whatever you were doing, you had to, you were basically relying on street street reporters and and fashion journalists to cover in real time, you know, great products that you had or the or an experience or an event or do something. So, Casey was one of the people that you had to go to to write great stories about. So. And she and as she mentioned, she wrote a lot of great. She supported over the rainbow through her writing and through her experiences. So now yeah. we just live in the age where anyone, you know, not anyone can do. <laughs> no, but that, anyone but. can. Anyone's. Um, I mean, it's kind of like everyone's an influencer now because everyone has, you know, some influence and access to social media and as a voice. But you know, back then in the early days, there was like the blog gang, and yeah. we were the you guys were street important. reporters. <laughs> no, you were. You guys were important to how. Especially if like, you know, you were a retail store and you wanted to evolve your image, like that was the that was the arena that you went to for the insiders, right? Because not everyone, you know, everyone can start a social media account now. You just gotta like give some information, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have a social media account. If you wanted to set up a blog, you needed to like know what you were doing and design it and put pictures and it's a lot more work to do that. So not everybody was blogging back mm-hmm. in the day. I'm not saying everyone's influencing, but yeah. Social media makes it a lot easier for people to kind of just pick it up and share their experiences. Back in the in the teenage years of the internet, you really had to know what you were doing to do that. Yeah. And uh, from what I understand, Casey's still writing for her blog. Yes, which I, think I is, totally wrote a blog post yesterday. You should keep it up, Casey. I'm never stopping. On that note, do you guys um, 
you know, do you do influencer collabs, influencer relations, work with creators, any of that kind of stuff with the store? Not aggressively. Because I feel like maybe um, in the earlier social media days, yes, but maybe not so much now. I was checking. We were, uh, you know what? We put a little bit of a pause on that just because we really wanted to understand. There, there were other areas of like marketing and e-commerce that we wanted to understand better than social media yeah. does. And I don't want to diminish social media because social media is obviously important. It's yeah. it's a powerful tool, right? But there's other tools as a business that you can use outside of social media that are equally as important. Yeah. Like we, obviously we, we have a website and we sell online. To us, that's a much more important thing to learn how to do well than social media. You know, right. email marketing, text message marketing, things that kind of directly... um go to your customers and things that you own are much more important to me than social media. Not that influencers aren't. And I think starting next year, we're really going to start to like revisit that and and be more... We, we obviously do have partnerships, yeah. but they're not like official... Yeah influencer and I don't I mean I know I don't even know if that's the right term anymore yeah, but like no I really I hate the term we're always I mean, open to collaborating you heard with it here first though <laughs> like I will anybody that wants to collaborate I will always listen and like yeah. want to do it if it makes sense as long as it's somebody that like really likes has been into the store and just knows a little bit about us and yeah. like really kind of wants to do it because for the love and for you know being paid for it which is totally I, I get but they have to really be into the store. Yeah, it's there you go. The relation, if they, you know, someone who has a relationship with the store, it would make sense, you know? Yeah. You know, so we're going to work more with influencers moving forward and we're going to do more collabs. So to answer both of your questions, cool. these are things that now that like we're back from the pandemic and the new store is built and we're, we, we kind of have a great environment going, we can start to really focus on those areas now and work, you know, collaborate with people in the digital media space yeah. or in the media space and collaborate more with brands and do more creative, you know, collabs. Because I, I I do enjoy doing that. I mean, it's a lot of work to design product that's kind of customized because, you know, you want to, you also want to do something that has a, a point of view and is different, mm -hmm. but isn't too different that people won't yeah. understand it. Right. But it's fun. What have been, what have, um, uh, what have been some of the best techniques to take a relationship that you have with a customer in like in the per, in the physical yeah and transition that to digital through a loyalty program or through getting their email through getting their number like yeah what's been the best strategies for you in that um i would say so are 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 you referring to like the is it is it someone like someone comes in the store they buy a pair of jeans they had a great time with you or somebody in your on you know part of your staff. Okay, and you want to be able to keep a line of communication now yeah. available with that person. How do you do that? That is a that is a question I ask myself every day, <laughs> every minute of the day, and especially if you're a multi generational store like us, everyone actually has different ways of how they want to communicate. Mm -hmm. So if you're a like if you're a if you're a store that appeals to a significantly younger audience, you might say that social media, TikTok, like whatever or is like hot is really important to you. But you have to understand that's not how everybody wants to be communicated. And that's also not how everyone consumes information. 
So you just have to know your customer base well enough to know how do they want to be communicated? Do they want to be emailed? Do they want to be texted? Do they want to be DM'd? Do they want to, do they want Google ads to pop up in your face? Like what is it, right? And depending on the generation of your customer, that's that would be the answer to that question. For us, we have to do all of it. Yeah, and, I, I and, was just going to yeah, say you yeah, probably exactly. and over the years you would have done all the different kinds of marketing. Absolutely. I would say for us specifically, because Over the Rainbow is more of a multi-generational and we have more like clients that are of like the older generations as well, like social media doesn't matter to them. They want to they want to be contacted differently. So we have to know the ways to do that. So we focus a lot on like email marketing, text marketing, um, and just promoting the website because that's how a lot of our, you know, they're outside of the social media spheres. You know, social media is good for attracting new customers, but it's not great in communicating with like some of our like alumni, like yeah, generation of, no, of, of shoppers, right? And the other thing people don't realize um, for us is that we actually value those channels a little bit more than social media because our website and our email list and our and our text list, like our our phone list, mm-hmm. those are things that we as a company own. Own, yeah, we absolutely. own those things, right? Now we can't do it every. Obviously, we can't. There's privacy laws to protect yeah. how you own that and then put it out into the marketplace. But um, we own those things. Mm-hmm. Social media, sure, those you don't own it. It's pro- it's proprietary to you, but you don't mm-hmm. own it. You could. Instagram could announce a guideline tomorrow yeah. that makes all of your content irrelevant. Yeah, absolutely. And you and there's nothing that you could do about that. Oh yeah, right? we talk about that a lot around. You here. are renting space on a on a on a platform that you don't own. Yeah. And yes, you need that. Most businesses these days need that platform to create awareness and to even generate sales, but it's not the only one. And I would say it's better I would, if I was giving any advice to anybody, and I don't profess to do that because I'm not a professor and I don't like to give advice, but I firmly believe that investing in things that you own is always a better investment than in things that you don't. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because social media in five years, 10 years is going to be very different looking than what we're used to. And it's just going to continue that content that you had on that old. You know, yeah, I mean, I can't tell you how many platforms like my blog is the only platform that I mean, I've owned it since its creation 17 right. years ago. But that my blog has lasted longer than any social media platform. Right. I've seen tons come and go. I've lost content. I had tons of things in my MySpace and Vine and um, Daily Booth, all these I'm things I was about, part right? of. Yep. But they, you know, and I've. I'm with you that a lot of times when I've done talks or I mean, I did a TED talk and I say, you know, invest in a, some, a place that you own because social media is 100% just rented space. And, you know, last year, I think it was, there was a day that like Facebook and Instagram were down. And if you were a social media manager or a content creator, everyone's freaking the fuck out yeah. because it's like, ha imagine they've imagined if that happened or like, you know, what, um, you know, what would you do if you didn't have those? So that's why it's really important to have a website and things you own. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and how, how good does that content that's on your website still look today? Because any content you have on a website, once you change like the website design or you update it or whatever, you can still kind of go back and view that content. And it still looks, I mean, sure, the, the photography style might be a little different and the words might be a little different, but you're able to disseminate and actually 
like go back and archive it. If you do that on any old social media platform, like go back and look at your Facebook content 10 years ago and tell me if you know, like, unless you were posting a lot of photos back then, because obviously Facebook is good. 40 photos at a time. Exactly. But like any content that's on there, like physical written content, no way. It doesn't look nearly as good as a website that you own. So we've, We've always we invested, agree. like yeah. for a small business like us, we've always invested more into stuff that we own over the social media platforms. But we recognize that social media is still important and we still need to, you know, now we, we still need to be like over the rainbow. I think we've gotten a lot better at it, but we're much better. I would say we're much better at online sales and email marketing and text marketing than we are in social media, but we're going to like, we're getting there, guys. Don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry. I mean, speaking We're of getting hard. there, I mean, we are passionately transforming the web with Hover. So this is Hover Studios. I've been yeah. working with Nelson, um, you know, building Hover for the last two well, years. And I think one of the reasons I was so inspired when I first learned about Hover, our new mobile browser, um, is wow. that, you know, Hover really helps to build communities and bring an element of social media to websites. Right. Yeah, well said. I mean, a, a lot of what you're expressing is the foundational belief of what really powers Hover, which is you own your site. But traditionally, a site, sites as we know them, are pretty well just billboards. There's no real two-way relationship yep. with, with a customer there. And it's um, impossible to really transform it into a community space right? because the conventional browser doesn't give you the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. But with Hover, we've built um, the the capabilities that you need to really transform that site into a community, okay, and uh, right into the browser. And it's 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 interesting, interesting to actually continue to, continuing to discuss it with you because we're trying to build out these this feature set that um, creates a a much more powerful place for brands and retailers just like yourself right at their site. One of the things we want I, I wanted to do you know, coming on this podcast as well, not just having a great conversation with people that I respect, but finding ways that we could even work together beyond the the podcast interview space. Cause I, I agree. I think what you're doing is 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 really interesting. And I think, you know, building community, if there's one thing I've learned, and I don't want to go back and talk about the pandemic because there's, you know, that, <laughs> that was a that was another period of time. And to me, I think we need to stop dwelling. We need to move on. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's really trying to find people that are doing interesting things. Community is more important than ever. Like yeah, one thing I learned, 100%. one thing I learned from the pandemic is that um, I tried to be a digital only, online only retailer, and there is nothing that beats, at least in my retail world, it doesn't beat the community experience of a retail store mm-hmm. and coming in and seeing people in person and trying it on and 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 deciding right there and then what's going to be your outfit as opposed to like. The internet, which is great for like convenience shopping, but when it comes to clothing, like, you know, admittedly, it's a very tough business to be in, like the e-commerce fashion. Like if you're going to, if you're going to be an online retailer, you should be selling something a lot easier than clothing, right? It's very challenging to do that. We use our website actually. I mean, we have a great website and there's people from all over the country, like all across North, North America that have been buying clothing from us. But locally, we use our website as a great tool for people to know what's in the store, know what size they are, know what color there is, because our our website is actually, and, and you would appreciate this, Nelson, being kind of like a tech guy and into like tech technology. 
our website is fully integrated with our store's inventory. So you can, you, can, you can use our website, if you're a local shopper, to find out what your size is and you can come in and get it. Like It's that easy. It's not a, it's not a warehouse somewhere in Brampton or Mississauga, right? It's, it's, it's at 55 Bloor Street behind the store, right? Like, yeah, that's awesome. So it, it's a, it's, for us, yes, we sell online, but it's a great marketing tool it's the great again because we own it and it's ours and we've built yeah. a lot of like equity into it but it's the greatest research tool you can use mm-hmm. for the in-store experience and it's convenient for the digital experience yeah absolutely you mentioned well said. behind the store and when you first got here you were talking about how the store is so much more it is and i did not know that there's some type of photo setup happening there? There's a photo studio. Oh, um, see? Yeah, there's a photo studio. Tell st- me more about this. <laughs> well, I mean, well, that, I mean, not a lot of people know it because it's not like we take people. Yeah, we have a whole, we have, a, we have about 6,000 square feet of like warehouse operations, all that stuff. So yeah, we got a photo studio. We have a tailor shop. Oh my we gosh. have an e-commerce fulfillment center. We've got, you know, meeting rooms and... Yeah, it, it's it's all there. In yes, it's all there. Yeah, it's all there. Yeah, wow. I mean, what? you know what? We should you one day should, we'll go on a cool. tour. You can even bring the cameras yeah, if, you, awesome. if you want. I'll, I'll give you exclusive. Yeah, that access. is so cool. We'll clean it most... up a little bit for you, but uh, I mean, the photo studio is clean. But yeah, we uh, when we built the new store, it wasn't just to like it doesn't wasn't just for the retail environment. It was for for us like our the management team and the and the and the marketing and digital team. It was for us to work behind the scenes to run the store as best as we possibly can, mm-hmm. right? And cool. photography's always been an important part. Like we have we have a full, we have somebody full-time that works at the store. He's our creative director and uh that's all he does for us right. is photography and he's just we're constantly shooting 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 content. So so it's a it's a it's a fast rat race in that in that sense. So I create when we when we built the store, I I I built a little area for them to be able to like shoot photos or just be able to like have kind of a silent space where they can yeah. think creatively and think of ideas and all sorts of stuff. So That's so cool. I had no idea that all that was there. It was. We did a lot when we when is we built there. the is there. It is there. It was. Well, so when we like we obviously we built the store and, and how it looks and everything. And I'm really proud of how it, mm-hmm. it it came out. I can't say enough nice things about about the store, but we took that as an opportunity as well to change a lot of other things about over right. the rainbow that, you know, needed kind of updating, right? We did a whole rebranding exercise. We changed all our packaging and we built all these like spaces, you know, yeah. creative spaces. Cause you know, in the old store, that all would have just been warehouse space for, yeah. for, for a product. But I was like, you know, uh, online sales are going to continue to be important and we're always going to need to shoot content. So yeah. if we're building a store, let's build areas that are made just for those things. Yeah, so those it functions. makes sense, right? Like if I wanted to re- you know, build those spaces later, it would take a lot more time and money for me to- Or if you were constantly outsourcing someone to do that specific job and not yeah. doing it in-house, but the fact that you kind of got it all under one roof and doing all the things, mm-hmm. I think that's so- Cool. I mean, we still shoot on location as well. Like we, like we, there's only so much you can do with a photo studio, yeah. but it's just having that sort of private, intimate space to be able to do that if we want to. It's it's really it's it's really important. See it. Yeah. So you're doing basically 
uh, product photos for the site in there. Like walk yeah, me through some yeah. of the shoots that you're doing in there. Well, we it, it started as we actually yeah I mean we we do do product shoots in there. That's mainly what it's used for. Um, we don't have to shoot every product on our website because. Now that the internet has evolved, there's a lot of brands that like will have images for you that you right. can use. I mean, most of what we shoot is more like lifestyle and like content that you see like with people wearing clothes. It's yeah. not it's not really like product photography, but you know, we uh we have a lot of photos that flow through there. So yeah, it's it's a big it's a big shooting and editing process and I mean, we're shooting probably once or twice at least every two weeks we're shooting, cool. you know, something for the store. Without that, you know, we haven't, we wouldn't be able to brag about any online experience at all because it's all about, you know, a good website, but it's also about the visuals that you present on that. And that's, yeah, that's a skill. Let's just, let's just put it that way. Tell I'm very that. grateful to my digital team that work really hard, all three of them that, you know, work hard towards that. Oh man, back before the internet, I worked at, the Gap was my very first job. Really? I folded a lot of denim. I still have incre- incre- incredible folding skills. Um, but yeah, there was no um, internet to <laughs> the things back then. Yeah. What are your aspirations for the coming five years for the store? There's too much to name. Nelson always with the There's hard questions. too much to name. <laughs> Honestly, I, you know what? As, as great as the store looks and feels and is right now, I, I have really big ideas for what I want it to be in five years. And that's even much, much, much better and stronger than we look right now. So all I'll say is that the wheels are, we've come this far. And I think that we're, you know, over the rainbow to me is the best version of itself that it's ever been. But I think in five years, it'll be even better because we'll do lots of, it'll be anything from, you know, partnerships to collaborations, to events, to shopping nights, to all sorts of fun things that we're going to roll out with rainbow over the next five to and it's not even five years it's it's longer than that nelson you know we, we, we're we're looking 10 20 years down the road you know yeah we'll be we'll wonderful. be bigger and better than we ever have well been. with 47 years behind you i look forward to what comes next for Absolutely. over the rainbow me well, too for thank, sure thank you so much for joining us all right thanks for having it's me it was, awesome uh, it was a great experience and congratulations again on uh the media company, the podcast, and oh gosh, uh, very, very happy to, uh, to be a guest on your show today. Glad to have Thank you. you. Hopefully so your viewers <laughs> like it as much as, <laughs> I don't know what I just said, and this was, <laughs> I want to I wanna disclaim it by saying that this, is, this was totally unprepared. Yeah. I did not get the questions in, in advance. I had no idea what Nelson and Casey were going to ask me. But they did a good job, and hopefully we got a good, we, we got some good sound. Bites. Yeah, definitely did. <laughs> totally. Thank you so much. Thank right. you. Thank, thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into this episode with Daniel Carmen. Visit rainbowjeans.com to find the absolute best selection of denim around. Check out more episodes of Cast of Creators on YouTube, your favorite podcast platform, or visit castofcreators.com.